Welcome to Royals Review Radio, Episode 6. We are a podcast for the website royalsreview.com. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew Lamar. With me is my co-host, uh, Sean Newcork. How are you, Sean? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So last week, Sean, if you remember, it was just the two of us. And it was awesome. Uh, yeah. So this week we are going literally the, literally the opposite direction. Um, Zero This is people. your first Royals Review megacast. We have... Seven people here. So, what will sure be a long introduction. Max Reaper, Overlord of Royals Review. Hey guys, thanks for taking over the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. You're doing a great job. Thank you, thank you. We'll try not to mess it up this time. <laughs> um, next up is Josh Dugan. That is me. And yep. you can hear my glass in the background probably throughout the podcast. So He's got the drinking going on early. Yep. <clears throat> Yep, that sounds good. Uh, the grunt that you just heard was Joshua Ward. Uh, hello, everybody, again. <laughs> and with us for the first time, uh, Minda Haas. Hello, pleased to be joining you guys. Yep. And Brandon Henderson. Hello. <clears throat> yep. All right, so that's that's all of us, and I apologize if you can't tell us apart, but, uh, well. We're, we're all Kevins. Yeah. yeah we're, all, we're all Kevins. It's okay. So, first off is the Royals and the Cardinals just had a uh, pretty important three-game series. Uh, the Royals took two, um, which I think is really good, considering that the Cardinals are one of the best teams in the league, and taking two out of three is uh, pretty good. So, uh, what do you guys think? That was good. I, I had in my my notes to, it, to talk about the Cardinals. I said, two out of three ain't bad. So, that's pretty good. I think uh, it's if you do, if you win every series, you're a pretty good team, right? Yeah. I thought the interesting thing was that they're a team that's kind of built very similar to us. I mean, it's kind of interesting. We've been playing the Tigers and Indians who are built very differently. I mean, they're kind of teams that kind of bash it a little bit, um, not as good defensively. The Tigers have gotten a lot better. Uh, Indians are certainly atrocious. But the Cardinals, um, you know, they've got a – we've got a great bullpen. Their, their bullpen's right up there too. Um Certainly, it's actually better than ours when you look at fit. Um, and then they've got a, a really good outfield defense. Not as good as ours, I don't think. But when you have Grychuk, uh, uh, who else they got? Uh, Hayward. And uh, now I'm blanking. Jim Edmonds. Peter Burgess. <laughs> Peter Burgess, Burgess yeah, yes. Burgess. Yeah, who's long been a uh, uh, sabermetric uh, darling. But, yeah, when they have those three guys out there, that's a really good out- defensive outfield. Uh, so they they've got a team I think kind of similar to ours, and I was I was kind of interested to see how we match up with them. And uh, uh, you know I I thought the Royals kind of outplayed them. I mean we were at home, so that helps. And we only had to play six innings yesterday, but I, I like the way they they responded. And they weren't uh, the team wasn't kind of you know uh, you know cowed by the Cardinals like like they have in the past. So uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed with the way they played. It's funny that you mentioned the outfield defense because uh, Matt Holiday. Patrolling left field is actually one of the reasons the Royals were able to get ahead on Saturday when Hosmer uh, led off the inning with a double and then was able to move to third on the flyout to left field because Matt Holliday's arm is not, I don't know, it's... A Barry Bonds in the NLCS. Right, it's not, it's not Coco Crisp-esque, but it's uh, probably getting there. And then in that same inning, Gordon moved from first to third on a single to left field, so it... 
it was one of the reasons why they were they were able to to tack on that third run, which ended up being the difference. Off topic, did anybody like the five minute conversation about how fat Matt Carpenter used to be? No, nobody heard that. <laughs> well, they so. talked for like three four minutes about how fat Matt Carpenter used to be, and I tweeted out some photos, and he had a serious dad body uh, back. In college, so anyways, that that's, segment was brought to you by Weight Watchers. Yes, exactly. Sorry, <laughs> derail everything, but yeah, that's a good series. Did anybody go to the game? Any yeah, the games. Yeah, I was there on a Friday night and today. So yeah, that was uh, those were better than the like the last time I ever went, which yeah. was eleven years ago. Okay. Because I don't, because I don't really particularly. No, I'm not the biggest fan of home series where it kind of seems you're at an away game, you know. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask you, was, how was the discrepancy like the Brandon, you know, between Cardinals and Royals fans, fifty fifty or worse or better? I think on Friday, I think that a uh, it seemed like a my my side alone more, but it probably definitively more. And Sunday maybe closer to even, but you know, keep in mind neither game. Like really, after about halfway through, was was really like a competitive head-to-head thing. Yeah. You know, it was kind of so. It's easier to say that well, this team had more support if like they're winning by five runs, you know, because <laughs> the other team, cause the other team's fans don't really have any reason to actually like make noise or stay past like the eighth inning or something, you know. So yeah, yeah. that was. I don't know. It's like the Saturday one would have been interesting to see how that kind of shook out because you know I think the. People probably would think that uh, if any of your Cardinal fans are having to travel far, we're going to make it there for Saturday night, not for Friday night, because, you know, uh, I'm going to assume the Missouri Highway Patrol probably prefers you not drive 85 miles an hour down I-70 sure. from East Missouri to Kansas City. And it probably isn't possible in some places, you know. So, yeah, it was uh, more supportive, it seemed like, on Friday night, but then again, the world's also one on Friday night too so you know it wasn't really anything too insufferable at least for that and see Mike goes more like upper deck was more more pro cardinal because that's because no one because not a lot of people have season tickets in the upper deck so those are the places you can buy them so yeah yeah and to the Cardinals credit um, I went to the uh, Negro Lakes and Jazz Museum uh, for the first time on Saturday um, and uh, which is great, by the way. I would highly recommend uh, going and checking out the Negro Leagues Museum, at least if you're not interested in uh, jazz music. Um, you know, it's great, and uh, I saw a lot of Cardinals fans there. So I think you know a lot of them uh, went to the Negro Leagues Museum and then went to Arthur Bryant's, not knowing there are other good barbecue places where you don't have to wait in line. But you didn't uh, want famous Dave St. Louis style barbecue here in town. I. Yeah, it's it's. I, I went to uh, I went to Char Bar for the first time on Saturday. Um, Char Bar. Have you yeah. ever heard of Char Bar? It's yeah, it's in where the Beaumont used to be. Right, Westport. Right. Yeah, and uh, it's. I mean, it's just embarrassing how much good barbecue we have here. Voted number ten or number one, wasn't it, Max? Or didn't someone tweet out? Oh, yeah, I think our Rose of Tutor account tweeted uh, out. Yeah, Q thirty nine. They're they're kind of the new guy in town, and they're the one that. Uh, Fox Sports Kansas City put up against uh, oh, yeah. Adams Barbecue from St. Louis and uh, uh, John Morosi, I guess, had the, had the, tying, the, the tie-breaking vote and went for Q39. I had them a couple weeks ago for the first time. They are they are pretty good. I'd, I'd put them up there with uh, you know the titans of Kansas City Barbecue for sure. And before we get off of um, 
the Cardinals Royals, I want to present to you guys, and I was putting this together as we were talking, so it's not fully done. How about the all the the All Star Royal and Cardinal? They had to play for both the same teams. Let me give you my preliminary list if you guys want to go yay or nay. So at catcher, I've got Clint Hurdle. First base, Gary Gaetti. Who can guess who second base is? Chris Getz. No. But he's, he actually didn't suck for a little bit. Mark Grudzelanek? Come on. Yeah. Gross. Played, yeah. played yeah. for both Grudes. teams. Uh, Vince Coleman was one of my outfielders. And then pitcher-wise, we've got Sidney Ponson, Kip Wells, Jamie Wright, Octavio Dotel, and my all-time favorite pitcher, Mike McDougal, was a Royal <laughs> Cardinal player. He was on the Cardinals? Uh, according to baseball reference, he was. I don't remember that. Which hmm. I don't remember either, but B-Ref never lies. So what it's telling me, at least. What about Al Habrowski? That's a good one. Greg Jeffries, Felix Jose. They made that big trade. (laughs) Yeah, McDougal played 17 games in 2010. uh, uh, Todd Wellmar, he's a guy that we let go that ended up being pretty decent for them for like a half season. Reggie Sanders. Reggie, yeah. Well, he's played for every team, though. Joey Joey McEwing. (laughs) That's right. It's kind of stunning Bruce Chen never played for the Cardinals. Yeah. And, of course, Rick Ankeel. Can't forget about him. Uh, <laughs> P- pitcher for the pitcher and outfielder? Come on. You're talking about a five-tool player right there. Uh, <laughs> and three of them are broken. Yeah. Man, watching that, that game that they brought him in and he just stunk, that's the most heart-wrenching thing I've seen. It's, that, was, that was in the – wasn't that in the NLDS? Playoffs? Yeah, it was in the playoffs. Yeah. Just terrible. Oh, man, that's bad. So, okay, let's move on. Um Speaking of kind of today's game, uh, Jordano Ventura wasn't very good today. Um, Brandon, anybody want to chime in on maybe what's going on? I was thinking velocity, and that's kind of back up to where it's been. So not maybe been the reason. Um, What do we think, fellas and Minda? Mm -hmm. If Minda's still here. I I am here. Okay. Okay. Um, Didn't it seem like uh, the Royals players were getting a little babbit to death? Um. Just a little bit. That Peralta hit RBI was for sure just bad of God striking down. Yeah, and Luke Hochever in his inning, he, I mean, he allowed a, a hard hit, but a couple of the other hits were not so hard hit. So, I, I don't know. He, um, he had, he did last seven innings, which mm-hmm. is, uh, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving up four runs in seven innings isn't isn't terrible, you know. It's it's not great, but it's not terrible. Um, I like to see the seven strikeouts, you know. That's for for a guy with Ventura's velocity and stuff. Like you expect him to be a strikeout guy, and he's just not. Um, so the seven strikeouts and the two walks were were good to see. I uh, you know it's it's one of those outings. I don't think um, it's too terrible or awesome. Did anyone else find fault with the strike zone in the first inning? I mean, were those walks really walks? I I don't yeah. know. Brandon the, tweeted the out Wong, something, right? The ones, the ones that walk. Wong, I think that's like the like three of those were in the Brooks zone, which is a little different than your at bat zone and all that stuff. But yeah, the Colton Wong one was probably not an actual walk. Carpenter, it I think it was like two cold strikes and four balls that were like nowhere close to the zone. So after that, it kind of, it kind of like normalized again. So it wasn't really as bad as like a night or two. It's, it was just kind of, you know, it's just that first one didn't. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe the, um, maybe the, um, just had, uh, was just getting like, uh, getting like the rain in his eyes or something there. So, so. Yeah. And the complaining about Cardinals, complaining about umpires is more of a Cardinals thing to do anyway. Right. So. 
Yeah, that's well, true. Yeah. That is true. The Brooks. Well, as long as we're not complaining about well, this in thirty the... years, and we're all good. So. <laughs> I mean, the thing about that though is that it's been a continuing trend for your Dono Ventura for like ever ever since he came back from his suspension. It's been you know three or four games now, excluding his last start, I think. But like yeah, every other game, he's... game was amazing. Yeah, yeah that's but true. every every other game that he's pitched since he's come back from suspension, he's been getting uh, a tight zone from all of the umpires that he's faced, and so it's just been it's 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 weird that it's this continuing thing that that keeps happening. But um, I agree. I think after the first inning, it it you know normalized again. So, and really, I mean, he outside of the the first inning, which was a bit on him and a bit on the umpire and also there was some you know just non-luck going on there um I mean the rest of the game he threw one like really bad pitch and it happened to be crushed well not even crushed like it snuck in uh, the right field corner for a home run so I thought he pitched pretty well I just don't think the the results were and in terms of runs given up, were there for him. I mean, he only had the two walks, which were both in the first inning, and he struck out seven over the next six. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, I mean, he actually posted like uh, like a kind of uh, positive, like I think mean, like a game score like fifty six. So it wasn't like a forty one or something. Right. So, so for something which you can call that he kind of ate some innings at, at various points of that game. It, yeah, sure. probably. Uh, not I've uh, seen worse <laughs> from him and from others recently. So, you know, I don't. I think I think Eddie uh, left after six, where I think he had like maybe ninety something pitches. I don't think anyone would have really noticed him, would have really complained too much. But you know, I think it went up to like one thirteen. So now presumably he's not broken now. So that's we can all hope. So yeah, it's not like Duffy, you know, where. Where Duffy, where Duffy's 110 pitch innings or uh, 110 pitch outings, are fucking different. And the same difference, really. Yeah, they're all like over five innings or something like that. Where it's like, you know, oh, my favorite of that, I think, is the one against the Cardinals like four years ago. Uh, he struck out, I want to say, like nine or ten guys, and they had to pull him in the in the fourth inning because yeah, he had was like weird. 90 pitches. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, three and two thirds or something like that. Which yeah, was like, like that was like two weeks before he had Tommy John surgery or something. No, no I think that that's twenty eleven, not twenty twelve. Oh. I don't think he injured anything in twenty eleven. They just he just kind of was kind of having to I don't know wander or establish himself or something like that. Yeah. Make a make a journey to find himself. I don't know. And speaking, the yeah, speaking of Duffy and finding himself. Um, the Royals are going to find themselves in a bit of a roster crunch in the next um, week or two. And so we've got um, Jason Vargas coming back, right? And Vargas is under contract, Whoa. making millions of dollars. I know. Exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. But we also have Alex Rios coming back and Eric Kratz coming back. So that's three players who um, were on the opening day roster that uh, aren't on it right now. So I guess let's, let's start off with uh, Duffy. Um, do you guys think he's staying in the rotation, or, or any number of things? I guess could happen because he has options. No, I don't, I don't think, think he is. Let's hear it, Minda. 
I, I think he's going to come see his old pal Minda nice. in Omaha. Uh, uh, I mean, and I don't should... want that. We'll get to but... that. I have tons of Omaha questions to ask you. I'm going to put that on the ledger, so don't forget Duffy in a bit. Okay. Uh-huh. I think I think we'll end up on the disabled list with some sort of mysterious, vague ailment. Uh, I think what they said, stiffness, is last time out. Shoulder uh, stiffness. Yeah, yeah, they'll probably... He's scheduled to go Tuesday. They'll probably, I bet they'll bump him back again with Vargas coming back, and uh, we'll hopefully be put on the disabled list retroactive to whenever he last pitched, and and we'll get some some kind of weird. But you know, I don't I don't know that there is a, a specific injury that that uh, is causing these problems, um, and I'm not convinced that the problem's mental. I think there is probably something that is mechanically off with him right now. So maybe a trip to Omaha is in the works. I don't know. I hope they it's, option him for the you know service time aspect of it <laughs> no seriously i mean it makes sense I mean, that's you know, that's fair. Direct, four that's... years into it it's like yeah that's right. interesting time well, i mean it's not like performance isn't dictating it though right you yeah. know like may as well and if he has to go on the dl then at least he's on the minor league dl and not counting against service time do you think yeah. fan, you think fangraphs wrote an article about you know why we're uh delaying his service time like they did Chris Bryant there? You think that's article-worthy or probably? I don't think it's article-worthy. I okay. think it makes sense to just send him okay. down. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I can't imagine Dave Cameron bringing that up, but what do we think about uh, our buddy Eric Kratz there? Thinking Drew Batera is pretty much DFA'd? Are we, you know, does he even have options left at his age? I don't, is Butera a better I don't even know why they're eating Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Almost honestly, I, I'm not sure it matters that much. Butera is. I mean, because Perez is pretty bad, but I but can't Butera imagine it's is a better catcher than Kratz is, right? I mean, I'm not. I'm no catcher defensively. Expert. Yeah, I think. Well, the reputation yeah, would say that. Yeah, yeah and the, and the uh, numbers I, say that too. But so, I mean, honestly, honest, if I had to choose between the two, I would probably take Butera. Um, <laughs> do you know? Do, do any of you know his career WRC plus? I'm looking at it. It's, oh, it's uh, terrible. 39. 39. That's, that's terrible. That's, but, that's higher than I expected. But it's 95 so far in the three plate appearances, or the nine plate appearances he's gotten this year. That's, I mean, he, he's improved. We're well aware. And, and Facebook he's got the bloodlines, too. His dad played. Yeah, his dad Bloodline. Gosh. I think they're probably going to start him over Perez, actually, just going forward. <laughs> that's what I Now you're talking crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, they'll DH Perez. Yeah. Even though, so we think if yeah. Butera's gone, I mean, yeah, I think Butera's probably gone. Okay, for Kratz. Yeah, I I like Kratz a lot more, and for what it's worth, you know, uh, his defensive numbers are are good as well, and he's has something more of a thirty one or WRC plus. He has a seventy nine, which is not good, but I mean, whoever's going to be backup catcher is not going to play that many games, you know. Unfortunately, so. If Butera's gone, why like why why did we trade for such an extremely short term rental? Do they hate Francisco Pena that much, or Probably. I don't know? I mean, oh, could man. they send him back through the waivers? That's good. Yeah, I don't. Long. I don't think there's. A, I mean, I guess he's gotten claimed off waivers before, but I, it's, it's a risk worth taking. And they gave up Ryan Jackson, who's who I kind of like, but he was pretty. Expensive. It never would have been a problem if they hadn't gotten rid of George Katara. So yeah, is he? Where is he now? <laughs> that clubhouse. Oh, he's sleeping with someone's <laughs> wife somewhere. Yeah, he's he's a clubhouse. Kid. I mean, I'm not even going to get into it, but there's got to be a reason why people just want to get rid of this guy. <laughs> it's just it's, it's strange. Um, and yeah. finally, he's 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 yes, he's with the White Sox. He's got a 512 on base in AAA. Jeez. 
But he probably doesn't wear shower shoes or something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> he doesn't tip. doesn't tip yeah. the ball guy as well. He like, just walks around dong hanging out yeah. in the locker room. I'm sure that's it. Give us 31% walk rate. Like, you could find so. that anywhere. I mean, that's uh, just... There's a he's got a 197 ISO in the major leagues. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Mm. Uh, um, and how about our buddy Paulo Orlando for Rios? Is that... I mean, surely they're... Kane's not going down. Gore's not going down. Dyson's not going down. What are we thinking? Sounds like Paulo's the only guy left on there. It would make sense. They're not going to carry five outfielders, right? Is Dyson out of option years? He's out of option. Yeah, he's out of option. Yeah, Orlando. Like, when, when, were, when were we sending Dyson down in like the last three years? I I don't remember the last time we sent him down. It seems, yeah, seems like... We can or do, do we just burn options by having them on the roster? Well, or? once they're added to the forty man, yeah, which they had to do yeah. to protect him. Once once they're added to the forty man, every time every year you send him down, that burns an option. So Dyson yeah. was on the forty man for what three, two, at least two years before he ever came up. What? Yeah, I don't, it, I don't remember this. So it's like I it remember was. Mario Lazone being on the forty man for like seven years. It seemed like that. I don't. Uh, but yeah. Granted, I kind of spaced out at the end of 2010, so I didn't. I don't really remember a whole lot of Dyson's run, except that he like supplanted uh, Gregor Blanco in like that last month, and we. That's like that's why we got rid of Gregor Blanco because, and no one else wanted him. So, yeah, Dyson's played in Omaha in 12 and 13, just partial games. So he's been option at least twice. Well, yeah, 13 was like DL, but yeah, I think yeah, probably something like that. But this whole option thing always confused me because yeah. I was under the assumption Duffy didn't have options left, but I think that's not true. So yeah, yeah, I think Duffy still has them. Well, yeah, and um, because he was on the sixty for that entire year, there's some kind of weird clause where it doesn't count against it or something. It's I think I think the also they had, remember they had sent him down once in the middle of July for like the All Star break back in 2011, and that didn't count either. So. Hmm. All sorts of weird little things that I think it was under like it doesn't have to be for twenty days or something or ten days or something to count against him, and they wanted to still have him have his turn. Yeah, it's like I, I think that was like, like pitching like pitching like Arkansas or something like that. If I think because so. I don't think that the Double A All Star break is at the same time as the Major League or something like that. Yeah, it's a little earlier, I think, uh-huh. or later. So just so, yeah. Orlando, real quick. Uh, I, I was just curious. What what do you guys do? You guys think he's for real? Is he? I mean, he's obviously crashed back to up a little bit, but he's been okay out there. Certainly better than Dyson. Is he? Is he a guy that maybe should be up with the team a little bit more this year, or is this kind of a small sample size? That, you know, is a little bit fluky. I mean, I, I think, think Dyson's is better than Dyson. Yeah, that yeah, that's for it. sure. Um, but I I don't know I don't know how much demand there is for a fourth or fifth outfielder who has an 86 weighted runs created plus I mean particularly when Dyson can fill that role and, and be better at it yeah, yeah I just I just worry that the Royals are going to see Dyson's producing really poorly this year and be like it's okay we'll we'll cut you Paul Orlando has hit a couple of key triples for us we'll keep him and, and I just for some reason I think that's that's what this team has done Decisions like that in the past that just don't make any sense. I don't think they did that with Tony Payne Jr. though. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he was gone pretty quickly, and he did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's where the, the, the contrast between how Dyson's perceived on our side and how he's perceived by the mainstream fans because 
he is not a popular player among the main. I mean, there's people that think he should be outright released or traded or sent down in Omaha, even though he doesn't, you know, can't be sent down without clearing waivers. But uh, people, you know, it's he's had. He's, I mean, granted, he's been not good this year, but it's the equivalent of like 15 games, you know, full time. He had 59 plate appearances, or something like that. Well, there um, were a couple of shitty plays in. Uh, yeah, and he's kind of struggled out in right field. Yeah, yeah, and he has yeah. a really low Babbitt too. I mean, it's it's not necessarily his fault. All his fault. Yeah, I mean, yeah, great. Yeah, I'll concede he's not looked great out there this year, but I think it's something you can play, play around. But you know, Orlando looks. You know, Orlando's a nice story, and he had those triples. And I understand people kind of believe with their eyes, and uh, yeah, not the no, don't look at his minor league numbers so much. But <laughs> yeah, well, every every twenty nine year old who's finally made it, it's kind of uh, real inspirational because for. For some reason, I just looked at David Lowe's baseball reference thing to see how I was doing in Baltimore when this Orlando thing came up. Because when I say Lowe was also kind of on the older side when he came up, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's not he's not actually playing very much or really doing well in Baltimore again. But yeah, it's like, but yeah, I mean, if they can send him down, they probably can. Uh, they can probably do that unless like they're really concerned that like they don't think Arios can handle like the full workload or something like that or whatever. But yeah. They'll probably send uh, Orlando down because of the options, and you know it's, and then Dyson can probably do the very, very part-time kind of stuff that he usually does, and he's done for like the last four years. It seems like. Well, yeah, I think. I think of anything. It's also the the, the right-handed, left-handed thing where Rios <laughs> is yeah. right-handed and better than Orlando. So I mean, that's kind of the natural substitution. Listen, guys. Yeah. Aaron, they said they said he'd never make it, but Aaron Guile was a 29-year-old rookie, and look how his career's turned out. All right, so let's stop he's with all the negativity. Japan, right? Well, review, stop with so. all the negativity. I thought he was a coach in Arkansas. I would he he is everything. Yeah, I want to say he hasn't played in Japan in a while, but it seems like every time I ever like mentioned his name, like these like people from Japan would like retweet it, and it's like a few years ago, and this would happen. It's like, yeah, you guys are really really into Aaron Crow at. Uh, Think Yaku the Yaku swallows or something like that. You he was really like cool. Aaron like Aaron Giles, who like hit thirty home runs in Japan a year. Yeah, he played for the Swallows. He was such a cool villain. He just looked like a villain, I thought. Anyways, that's why I was an Aaron Giles fan. And other than I saw him hit two home runs. Nice. In the I saw his first home run, actually. Um, Mike Sweeney also homered that game. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> yeah. Guile has 35 career home runs. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, speaking of people who are maybe as equally good of a hitter as Aaron Guile, Omar Infante is currently the starting second baseman for the Royals. Um, uh-huh. Still. 65 WRC+. Plus. <laughs> what? And I asked this philosophically and kind of maybe less rhetorically, but what do we do with an Omar Infante currently? How, how do we go well, forward with this? That weighted run created plus is up like 30 points in the last month, right? No, it's been bad. <laughs> I know, well, no, I'm just saying it was the well, I don't think it was that bad, was it? It's, it, it was, was really it, terrible. It was around 40. Oh. I want to say it was around 48. Okay. And then he had seven hits in three games. And so now, it, but he's, I think he's gone hitless now in his last two or two of the last three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. Yeah, last three. And uh, so the check if he had hits today because it's a day game, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, he and did. So he's, uh, so he's oh. now up to 65. He's at a, a 65, so. <laughs> but, yeah, up. 
by OPS, he was at 548 on May 6th, and now he's up to 630. Um, uh, but uh, that's shades of not, not good. And I tweeted out today... I don't even know if that's shades of not good. That's that's an obelisk of not good. <laughs> it's a monolith yeah. of not good. You guys. You guys in your words. Uh, <laughs> but I did tweet out, though, that it's really bad. His... And it's just it's not a real stat, but and it's the two worst in the league right now are Perez and Infante. If you subtract the basically the difference between their OBP and average, neither one of these guys will not walk or will not get on base any other way. Perez I think was like one point away between his OBP and average, and Infante is about ten. But man, Infante not a good hitter doesn't walk. I think it's Christian Colon time. What do you mean he doesn't? Uh, he has one walk. Oh, true. Sorry. So, figuratively, he <laughs> he's doesn't not, walk. Uh, he's not taking his fair share of hit-by-pitches like yeah. the rest of the team has right. been so far this year. Right. I want to say that's been helping the on-base um, percentage for the team, it seems like, having 30 hit-by-pitches in, like, what, 40 but was, games. But he was previously hit in the face, and so that grants yeah, him, yeah, like, yeah, a one-year pass true, from true. Uh, you know, partaking true. in the hit-by-pitch parade. Mendo, I'm, just, I'm surprised he still isn't using the helmet with the flip, with the uh, wolf. The Hayward helmet? Like Jason Hayward is, yeah. Why, why doesn't everybody use that helmet? Like, it looks dumb, but it, it would really help. Right, or the stand. Would it be hard to see around? so good is that helmet. <laughs> it might obstruct view. Maybe slightly. Minda, who's and in Omaha right is bad. Now? Who's the second baseman down there in Omaha that you, you're liking, that you've taken photos of? Um, you know, they've actually been putting Whit Merrifield there a lot. Uh-huh. So <laughs> if we want to go there right now or if we want to save the Whit Merrifield conversation for the Omaha portion no, of this let's, program. Let's, let's talk let's talk with the what Whit who can hit or what's the uh what's the nickname? Which the shit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Can we say that? Oh yeah, <laughs> um, totally. Just uh, I, I just I just go with hit Maryfield. Hit He's Maryfield. struggled a little bit lately. Hit Maryfield, yeah. but uh, um, honestly, his second base defense is very I would say capable. Um, he's I don't know. I, he he gets to everything you'd expect a second baseman to get to, which sounds like not great praise. But I've also seen bad second basemen. So, yeah. Giavatella. Yes. <laughs> was uh was Merrifield drafted as an infielder, and he just moved to the outfield to? to um, I don't know. Does know? I don't, I don't even remember when he was drafted. Two thousand ten, round nine. Yeah, yeah it was like two thousand ten, and he yeah. was drafted according to Baseball Reference as a right fielder. Okay. From okay. South Carolina. An interesting move along the defensive spectrum. Yes. So he's Jermaine Dye at second base. <laughs> sure. I thought it was uh, Michael Tucker, second baseman. Back Matt Stairs. Matt Stairs was a second baseman for a while. <laughs> wow. He's up there, top Royals in history for me, at least. Matt Danny Tartable was a second baseman in the major leagues at one point. Nice, very early. So, but needless to say, Minda doesn't sound or anybody doesn't sound like Merrifield's going to be, uh, you know, claiming second base for the Royals anytime soon. Agreed or? I don't think they will, but I I don't think it would be the end of the world if if he was given that shot either. And um, I, I'm not I'm not saying like he'll you know he'll hit 350 and and hang in there, but he's 
he's not a terrible option if something happens at the big league level, like injury wise. Are you are you hinting something's going to happen? Like <laughs> no, I mean like if there's, I'm not going to go injure somebody. Okay. To get your boy wet some I just time. Meant, and injury wise, like if you know, if Infante got hurt or something and Cologne also got hurt, I guess. And Orlando Calixte also got hurt yeah. as well. Are you winking? That, You're winking right now, aren't you, Minda? Uh with both eyes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> if I mean, the injuries were to oh. second base though, do you do we think that do we think that it wouldn't be Merrifield over Calixte? Well, didn't they? Forty man roster, you know. I mean, so, yeah. let's if it's just if it's just Infante and it's just uh, just Infante and just Cologne, presumably, who got injured, and also okay. Escobar is fine. Would Merrifield not get the call before Caliste? I mean, he didn't earlier this year, but that was there was the Escobar injury. And no, I think Caliste would, but don't rule out the Nicaraguan Chester Cuthbert, though, of course. Who cannot play second base, but for some reason they oh, like... can... well they're going to tee in him, right? That's a good question for Minda. How does Cuthbert look at third? His defense is pretty clumsy at times. He um, he doesn't bend gracefully toward things, and I don't know if he sees things right off the bat quite right. Um, he he his arm is good, but um, occasionally will throw. Two places that are not exactly the first baseman's glove, um, but I just—he's not—he's uh, not the most mobile third baseman, um, and I. Have you I seen don't... him play second? Yeah, I, I believe he has. Did you um, ask for like a refund immediately for your ticket, or? <laughs> like wow. on, on a scale, but like a comparison to Alberto Cayaspo, like how are we talking here? <laughs> I think that's actually a really good comparison. You know, Where you it's like, a... the bat is intriguing enough that you almost want to overlook defensive misabilities. If that's what I'm going to make up that word. Yeah. Misabilities. <laughs> Dis- disabilities. Dugan is just oh, fuming so right harsh, now. Though. Uh, um, is it appropriate, so... though? Maybe. Maybe Liability? So. <laughs> Liability, yeah. Um, it's. I, I think that Kayaspo is a really good comp there, though. I mean, because, you know, the bat will occasionally intrigue just enough that you're like, well, I can live with this. Reasonable. Okay. And I think it's insane that they had him at third, and they said, well, he's more of a first baseman. And they said, well, you know what? Let's just see if he could play second while we're at it. (laughs) um, But still, I covered this somewhere on the prospect radar, not very high on my prospect radar, but... Yeah, you're right. He was, the bad he was a guy not too long ago, you know? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he had well, a three-month stretch. Yeah, back in 2012 well, or something. Yeah. And he's only, what, 22? 22. He's mm-hmm. crazy young. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been in the system since 2010. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's, and he's sticking right. at AAA. There's no danger of him being demoted. I mean, he's yeah. really holding his own. He's very young for, for AAA. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, he's definitely intriguing, but... He, I think he's also kind of a future full-time DH kind of guy, so it's not... He doesn't have, like, a lot of defensive... Or any defensive upside, I don't think, anywhere, which is going to hold him back from, you know, being able to actually make it. He was once the 83rd best prospect in baseball, uh, yeah. according to BP, which... He was mid-season top 50 at BP. Nice, that's right. Yeah, that's... I mean, 
You can't uh, limit. You're right. He's still he's 22. He's in AAA, which is definitely young for AAA. He's got a 109 WRC plus. So I mean, he's he's hitting, and everybody likes talking about his power, and it just hasn't shown necessarily. But yeah, I mean, he seems like he's on the radar. Maybe not the next option, but I mean, if Minda does end up hurting, you know, he could be a trade chip too. Yeah, sure, sure. Got to get Johnny Cueto somehow, you know. <laughs> no, nobody. He's still, he's still alive after that last start. Nah, true. He's missing his next start. Quato is so yeah. We, uh, they beat him. The Royals beat him so bad, huh? You know, it was just it was just far too much for him. That uh, having a pitch in a like drizzle in May. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yeah. Well, that's. Um, it's not. I don't know, it could be worse. It could be like those years where they kept. Rumoring Jose Guillen was going to be traded, then like he'd get hurt like the month beforehand. <laughs> it's like no, you can't get rid of him now. <laughs> um, Matt, before I derail with Om- Omaha stuff with Mendo, do you have another topic you want to talk about here? Uh, not really. I mean, okay. Luke Hochaver, how has he looked? I guess. Oh yeah, uh, looked good. Uh, kind of good. Yeah. Up and down, I guess. I mean, today was another, I think, another instance of the Babbitt fairy just kind of being a jerk. But I mean, he's looked he's looked okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that he's looked like he did, you know, in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Does it like, seem weird that they're letting him throw his cutter as much as he is? I think it's that weird that they're letting that him throw thirty pitches in an inning. Yeah, I think that's pretty weird. But that, it's not like that, we're getting use him tomorrow, is it? I mean, hopefully. Yeah. No, I think they're still, not, they're still not pitching in back-to-back days. I think it's a, yeah. It was Island who was pissed about the cutter, right? Uh-huh. When, yeah. when Hochaber specifically was throwing a cutter with, as a starter, his last year as a starter, what they like the whole, like, everything that blew up about Hochaber throwing a cutter, uh, was this that like, was Island, right? Was, was this like when we... People thought that like Soria throwing a cutter like destroyed his elbow again. Kind of. No, stuff. no, no, no. It was a. Like it this, was, uh, around the, no, I, the I, Royals I, being averse to throwing the cutter. Yeah, I remember yeah, exactly it, what you're talking about. It was, yeah, it was right around the time that Dave Island was brought in, and they wanted to have Hochaver stop throwing his cutter, and they wanted to change the release or or something on his on his breaking pitch to try and get torque off the elbow because they don't like they don't like sliders and they don't like cutters. Maybe uh, James Shields convinced them. Seemed to rely on that quite a bit last year. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I think it, I mean three different pitchers today threw 30 pitches in an inning so it's not like things were going well. Yeah, or the team in general, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's odd. It, it's the same sort of like, um, like when Danny Duffy throws 110 pitches in a game when you know he probably shouldn't, or um, when Jordano Ventura goes back out for the seventh inning when he's already thrown 100 pitches for a reason in a game that's pretty much lost already is. I don't know, it's just an unusual call on the part of the team, and it just seems unnecessary strain that they're they're putting on separate players for reasons. Specifically, I guess, because they don't have a different reliever to come in, because Great Holland is an entity somewhere, floating <laughs> like 
through Bernie the and weekend that Bernie's now basically. <laughs> like nice. he might be warming up or he might be like being ventro being like a ventriloquist kind of thing, but one of the other relievers. It's like I saw him warm up on Friday and Sunday and then like, oh no, we're bringing someone else in. It's like okay. Yeah, I get to see Joe Blanton again. Yeah. They had Holland warming up today? It was uh I wanna say uh, like about like before the ninth, I was like Blanton. I want to say I spotted Holland, unless there's someone else with a fifty number that like would be out there today. Yeah. I'm not confusing Holland and Jason Frazier. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> They're similar. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. And what I like about Luke is he's striking guys out at a better rate. And again, it's four or whatever five innings at this point. But yeah. it is a better rate than what he was in 2013 when he was dominant. He's up to almost 11 strikeouts per nine. Um, FIP is at 1.13. So it, it seems like despite today's terrible outing, which you're right, it was a little bit of a bad luck and was um, – he's still got strikeouts. Still got, uh, what, one of them there in his one inning. So, so he's striking guys out. The FIP looks good. I mean, it, it's nice to have uh, Hoach back there. Am I right? He was getting him into pitchers counts too. You yeah. know, it's it's you know they. Yeah. It's not yeah. like he. It's not like he was getting behind or anything like that. Right. Hudler yeah. was loving it. Uh, it's not like he walked the two first batters he faced. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Like and also we both they, scored. Yeah. yeah. I want to say like with like coach as well. I mean that whole. Uh, what well, I think both runs came in on that whole play where Escobar slid in and he was trying to barehand catch something, which I don't think he had any good options. Options in that situation, but yeah. I guess he picked an option that could have been memorable and it worked. But you know, you know, then he slid. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. Facebook would have anyone that if he caught that. Um, Minda, yes. Omaha took questions. They're here. You ready? Uh, I I have to be because they're here. Good job. So great <laughs> answer. Um, first question: Brett Ibner, is he as dream boaty as his pictures look in person? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, in, in the rumblings the other morning, uh, some commenters took it upon themselves to rate uh, prospects <laughs> by looks. I did not set this ranking. Um, that was all commenter-driven, and uh, he was the consensus number one, and I, I'm not in a position to argue that. <laughs> is, the flow, is his flow as beautifully dark and pomp? As it is, you know, in photos, there does he just let that guy grow, or have it's, you got? Uh, t- it's currently pretty short, but I probably growing. Okay, have you got the touch <laughs> before? Probably Ew. growing as as opposed to uh, not growing, Balding. shrinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you guys think he's a thing? Because he's got. I mean, he only has sixteen games, but he's got five home runs. He's hitting over three hundred. Yeah, uh, I don't. You know, he's got. He's twenty six years old, but you know, he had a great spring training. Um, you know, he's had power potential, but he's just been hurt. He's been, yeah, he's been beset by injuries, but I think he, I mean, he's close for starters. <laughs> and he's got, he has crazy, crazy power. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, so, he's got an, at least an outside chance of being something. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and last season, too, I mean, the, the injury that really sidelined him for so long was abdominal, which, you know, to come back, it, <laughs> to come back and be able to, um, you know, those things can take forever to heal. So that he came back this spring with the power back. And so obviously something in the core is working for him. Um, you know, hopefully that's behind him, knock on wood. And It was a hamstring um, injury this year, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you massage his abs, Minda, or how did that they? Is uh... Creepy. No. Okay. Can I? Yeah. Can. You? Yeah. That's <laughs> did, not creepy. I didn't know what his. Uh... <laughs> What the what the medical medical regimen is for that? Okay, um, have you have you had a chance? Do you talk to him often, Brett Eibner? Or is no, it, no, no. Keep to chill. I don't. Okay, um, kind <laughs> of speaking on, speaking on that. Yeah. So, if you how do you approach players to to talk to them? I mean, do you have like a line you like to say? I mean, when you go up to someone and you you know, let's say you go up to see, um, I don't know, Christian Benford when he was there. You know, how do you greet them, and how do you say, "Hey, can I ask you a couple questions? Can I take your photo?" You know, how do you usually go about that? Um, well, since I've been doing what I do as long as I have, um, new people are just sort of told uh, what I, you know, that that over there is Aminda. She takes photos. Get used to it. Um, so I don't really have to sort of, you know, really yeah. explain myself to anybody, which is nice. Um, and it's gotten to the point where they would initiate a conversation with me because, um, you know, they want to see the photos of themselves. So they have to come and ask, well, where's, you know, where are these photos going? Can I go see them? And sounds like, I uh, yeah, sounds like something he would do. Um, is it, is there anybody, is, is there anybody you not necessarily enjoy, but who's the easiest do you think to talk to or who's maybe the nicest? Ray Fuentes, by far. Yeah, and you just had a discussion with him today, right? Um, yesterday. yesterday. Uh, he he was not in the game yesterday, and uh, by his own admission, was bored. Um, and so, I don't know, he likes to ask about like my camera and how <laughs> I came about getting a press pass and all this stuff. And um, the Reno right fielder misplayed a ball, just, just didn't see it. And so we started talking about outfield... Um, defense because he is a guy who uh, plays all three outfield positions. I believe he was primarily left field in his major league time with the Padres, um, but the Royals have had him all over um, in Omaha. And he says it, contrary to what some people say, it's not difficult switching from one outfield position to the other. You just have to think about you know, think logically about how a ball is going to spin and and uh, where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, Gerard Dyson. Yeah, <laughs> and you've got to line up in the right left field, right field, center field spot. That's the toughest part. That's the most crucial. Yeah, that's part. right to run the right way out of the yes. dugout is you know once right. once you got there, you're in. You're all good. Anybody can mm -hmm. do it. Um, yeah. So for people who don't know, um, what do you what do you do? I mean, you know, with the pictures you do, are you a freelance or you know, kind of talk about that if you don't mind. Uh, um, you know, there's not, there's not really a word for what I do. I mean, I would say freelance, but that would suggest that somebody ever pays me for uh, jobs. And um, I, I consider it a public service. Um, you know, I do have a journalism degree and, and everything like that. I'm, I'm legit in that sense. Um, but I take all my photos and dump them on Flickr. And then anybody who needs to use them can get them from there or request them directly from me. Cool. They've been used, you know, obviously for Royals Review, um, but also, you know, MILB will sometimes shoot me an email like, hey, are you shooting the Omaha game? So-and-so is playing and we're going to do a story on him. Like um, a couple weeks ago for, I think, for Oklahoma City, there was a, a, a long, long time minor league veteran named Brian Bergamy who had played something like 1,400 games at levels lower than AAA and was making his AAA debut. So I you know, got kind of a photo request for that. Um, 
But, you know, mostly it's just uh, I don't have to pay for tickets. And they feed me very nice dinners and delicious cookies. Um, so I just consider it, you know, my admission to the game is subsidized yeah. that way. Who um, who are you credentialed through, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, just myself. Just yourself? How yeah, you- I had previously worked for the team um, in the last four years uh, as the Omaha Royals um, and the first year as the Storm Chasers. I, I worked for them um, just doing on-field promotion. So I knew enough people and they knew me and, and I blogged the whole time that I worked for them. So they already knew that um, I was a nerd um, and would you know benefit from that kind of access. And they were always very gracious about that too. Excellent. And so it's kind of just like a, a long-standing... I mean, at, at this point, there no one's provoking it. If, as right. long as you, as long as you kiss. As long as I honest. don't massage anybody's abs. Well, <laughs> you never know. I mean, you really. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna have it. to give you crap for asking that. Well, Nick, but you can hook me up, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm close okay. to the dirt like that. Good, you know, good. Nick Kenny does ab ab rubs all the time. So it's just it's. <laughs> You could get started now, and you could be Nick Kinney in ten. Years. I think Lee Judge does them too. Yeah, he does. And, uh, that's that's in the lower. Clubhouse. Yeah, Coach lower. Feb. Lower. Coach Feb obviously does the Cavs as well. Yes. For there, um, has anybody ever told you to like stop taking photos of me, or are they usually pretty cool with that? Um, you know, nobody's ever said to stop. A couple people like encourage it extra. Um, Sal Perez was a big ham when he was here on rehab a couple years ago, and he would always, like, call me over to wherever he was for photos. Um, that should surprise nobody. Uh, but no, nobody's ever, like, said, you know, go away. All they have to do, if they really don't want me to photograph them, like, off the field, they just, like, kind of migrate to the opposite end of the dugout, and I, you know, I leave them alone. Okay. So do you sit in the dugout then with them? Not with them in the dugout. Um, there's not a wall, though, at, at uh, Werner Park. It's just sort of um, it, there's a staircase that sort of delineates the, the line between dugout and the rest of the world. And, and so I'm just on the opposite side of that staircase. So Like the like on like on buses, like where there's the bus driver, then there's everybody else. You're on that other side of it right there. You're not driving the bus, essentially. Well, of course not. Okay. <laughs> Have you been to any other... Um, Triple A, any minor league parks other than than Warner? Um, I've attended games in Colorado Springs and Reno, um, and I think that's all. Okay, is Warner? And I've I've only been to Warner and Arvid. I mean, only Royals. Okay. Affiliates. Do you think Warner's a pretty good park? I mean, you live in Omaha, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You like? I mean, what's maybe your favorite thing about Warner, or you know, maybe compared to other the few that you've been to, or even Goffman? Um, what do you think that you like most about Warner there? Or Rosa um, Blatt. Yeah, and oh, that's yeah, the Rosenblatt. comparison that I do make since I, you know, since I worked at Rosenblatt for the team and and then worked and you know transitioned with them to Warner. Um, the concourse goes all the way around, so um, sometimes if the game is bad, I'll just walk laps. You know, three laps is a mile. It's very nice. <laughs> um, and 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 uh, the concourses themselves are are actually flat and they're wide and they're um, much more accessible to all people, not just you know skinny people who can see well and step well, which Rosenblatt uh, had these metal walkways that's, that were narrow and like had stairs jutting into them from random places. They were really not safe. So um, just from an accessibility standpoint, Warner is a huge improvement. And then if you're into 
you know, random entertainment. There's like a carousel and stuff for the kids, and they just added putt putt golf. So, nice. now Werner um, and maybe Rosenblatt was his too, but Werner's, Werner's dedicated just to Omaha, the Omaha team, right? Yes. Okay. Um, do they play? Do they still play the uh, College World Series at Rosenblatt, or they play that elsewhere? No, um, Omaha went through a very strange time in ballpark building um, when it, it became evident that uh, Rosenblatt couldn't safely continue to accommodate, especially the College World Series. Um, we just sort of, it was assumed that a new stadium would be built that the College World Series and the Omaha then Royals would share. Um, but instead, what ended up happening was two stadiums were built, one downtown um, TD Ameritrade Park, which is very polished and glossy and enormous um, and depresses hitting a lot. Um, wind blows in there all the time. Um, and that's where the College World Series is played, as well as um, Creighton Baseball right. and some other things. And then um, there was some farmland in West Omaha, and that's where um, Warner Park, which is where the Storm Chasers play, was built. All right, so... So after the game, and I'm going to put a scenario here. So after the game, you know, mm-hmm. you got you've taken tons of photos. Omaha's won. You're feeling real good. After the game, do you go to Cracker Barrel off of 80th Highway or Culver's on Gile Road? Which one is your is your spot? Uh, <laughs> that's that's about it. No, the better option is the Sap Bros uh, Truck Stop Cafe or Diner. That's that's truly the best. Is there a place that the players maybe hang out after? Maybe you know. Not actually hang out, but go to. Is there like a local place they like, or I truly have no idea. Yeah, um, when it Applebee's. was at Applebee's, they don't invite <laughs> you out. Okay, when, when it was downtown, it, like the old Rosenblatt Stadium was was right in the heart of downtown, so it was pretty easy to find them. You just drive up Thirteenth Street and, and kind of follow the party. But right, Thirteenth um, Street. Right, there's not such a. Um, I mean, it truly is the middle of cornfields. Um, Warner Park. I'm, I'm not saying that as like an ironic joke. It literally is the middle of cornfields, so there's not an obvious uh, post game spot just yet. Is there? You were, talk- you were talking about Warner Park uh, a little bit ago, and I actually had a question, and I don't know if you have an answer, or even if there is one. Okay. Why is the outfield wall shaped the way it is? Um, I think that was just to uh, create some quirk. Um, there's not a practical reason for it in any way. Um, I think it's just. You know, hey, let's make Warner Park um, unique in a special snowflake sort of way. So it has, uh, for those who don't know, in right field, there is just a random little um, a part where the outfield wall juts out in a small triangle outwards and then comes back in toward the foul pole. Right, and then it, it creates like a like a sine wave from right center field to center field and then juts again in left field. It's, it's, it's a very interesting outfield... Yeah, yeah, it's it's really no, shaped like that hills. just to be shaped like something interesting without yeah without having the Minute Maid Hill. Right. Ugh, that's the worst. I, who who designed something that says you know what, we're gonna put a hill right? Somebody like, who has titanium oh. ankles. Like, can you imagine if they built an NFL stadium? Like, okay, so on the fortieth uh, yard line on the left side, we're gonna put a hill, just a, a hill. small hill. Um, and then I'm gonna build a new, <laughs> an even newer stadium for my team and put a sinkhole. Just to counteract that. Well, this is a thing that I mean, it's a minor league park, and minor league teams are all about having like funny promotions and jerseys and everything. So it's it's, it's like, maybe it's an attraction. Maybe like, man, let's have the weirdest ballpark, and we're just gonna have 
draw hundreds of thousands of people a year there. So that might maybe that's what they're thinking there. Well, and they also have the the double stacked bullpen right out in center yeah. field where both teams kind of awkwardly share the same space in like this two tier kind of system. Yep. And so. uh, they put the visitors on the top tier because there's nothing to protect them from the wind that is always blowing out yeah. there. <laughs> but is that unusual in the miners? I don't feel like it is. I feel like Dell Diamond isn't that different from that in uh, Round Rock. The stack bullpens, or yeah, yeah. I think it's um, it's probably a cheap option um, because then you only have to also have one little bathroom. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in one, th- then you're only cutting into, like, berm seating, for example, in one spot, as opposed to two chunks taken out of it on, in you know, in right field and left field. Yeah, I mean, Dell might be staggered a little bit, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, right on top of each other. Yeah. Did you ever get a chance to run into Casey Kochman when he was there? He's still there. Yeah. Yeah, um, did you ever get a chance to... Uh... I, I haven't talked to him personally. Um, okay. I didn't know if you could tell me how much he resembles an old Eric Hosmer. <laughs> <laughs> he has that, a little. He has a little more of like a button nose, gotcha. I think. But uh, it, that's kind of a that's a very 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 inside kind of thing from Royals Review. About, who said I, that? Um. Oh man, I, was, I think I don't remember. Uh, I don't even it's remember. Long time ago. It's a couple of years. Yeah, I was going to say it was 2013. But he had an axe to grind, too. This wasn't just a... This was a repeated, like, this is... Yeah, yeah. He just kept stating over and over and over again that Eric Hosmer was destined to become the next Casey Kaufman. I wish it was Coach Feb so we could just pin that on him, but... Right. I think Casey... I mean, we can. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any evidence that he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Way to go, Coach Feb. <laughs> and Minda, and I haven't been there. I think I went to the first year that uh, Warner opened, but I'm looking at a photo of kind of the surrounding area. There seems to be a very large body of water. Uh, just looks like, I don't know, east of the stadium or west of it. What is this this large area over here? Is, is it just a river or um, – do you know what I'm talking about? Am I the Missouri River? Right no. It might, uh, might be Zerinsky. It's okay. a man-made lake for – uh, recreation area, and then there's also like a brand new recreation area um, that might actually be it. Um, if you're looking at really new stuff, they just opened that's got like bike trails and and uh, it's really for water uh, management, but they're double purposing it for recreational space as well. But no jet, people don't take jet skis out on this this body of water. No, okay. Well, not yet. Not yet. Any yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and so is your is your press pass just for just for Werner, or could you could you go to Arvid? You know, is it exclusively just for that though? I mean, I could ask, and I'd probably be allowed. Um, you know, other places, I I just don't get around uh, travel wise very much. But I, I think that I could say, you know, hey, media relations director at whatever affiliate. Uh, I've been credentialed at Omaha for four years. Can I come in and, and shoot your guys? Here's my work, and they'd say yes. Okay, I try to I try to say, hey, I'm Sean Core from Twitter. Can can I get in? But they I've been turned down every time. I don't <laughs> you got to have a 33 in the Twitter handle yeah. like me. I think that's secretly been the key all along. That you got to go have your mom's basement first too. Yeah, true, true. Mom, yeah, leave me alone. Uh, Max, 
should we talk about Chicago? That's going to happen, right? Yeah, I'm so ready for Chicago. You know where it is? Yeah. You gonna can can you find the place? Uh, in, I wasn't a geography major. I was Indiana, somewhere in the Midwest, <laughs> I believe. So what? What's uh, it, there's going to be an accompanying post to this, but uh, what are we maybe looking to do in Chicago? If you don't want to maybe tip the hand too early, you know. I don't want to steal that thunder, thunder strike. No, well, you know, well, first of all, we're going to watch the Royals win some games at Wrigley Field. Uh, but, you know, I was going to kind of leave it open-ended. Uh, I'm going with a group of five guys and myself. And uh, we, we got tickets to the Saturday game. I think we're going to we're getting to the Friday. Uh, we're getting to Chicago about 3 o'clock on Friday, which is game time. Uh, so we may try to scout tickets after the first pitch uh, just to see if we can get any cheap. But... Uh, you know, I was going to kind of leave it open-ended to kind of the community and see, hey, what what are you guys doing? What are your plans? Um, you know, maybe bat around some ideas. Um, I know we are going to go to the Goose Island Brewery yes. uh, tour at 12.30 on Saturday. I don't know if there's any open slots available, but if there are, I would highly recommend anyone that's going to Chicago sign up for that so we can make it an all-Royals fan affair. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I think we're kind of – uh, open to whatever. Um, we'll definitely want to spend a lot of time in Wrigleyville. I don't know if deep dish pizza is on the agenda. I know that's kind of a controversial topic among p- pizza aficionados. But uh, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Is it pizza? Is it casserole? Is it a sandwich? I don't know. Um, I, but I, I like uh, yeah, it. you know, I love it. Too. It's good. And I know Sean, you're going to be up there as well. Yes. Uh, so I don't know if you have plans already or not, but but I'm sure we'll end up meeting up at some point, maybe after the game on Saturday. But yeah, I'll be. Um, at yeah, the, we'll definitely uh, want to meet as many people uh, people from the Royals Review and Royals Twitter and and you know, all, all sorts of Royals fans. And I, there's going to be a, a quite a large contingent of Royals fans, I'm sure, that right. weekend. Friday, I'll be at the Gap on Michigan Mile. If anybody wants to uh, <laughs> come meet me there, I'm definitely got to pick up some khakis. Yep, I am a I am a Gap fiend. Um, but no, I mean, I'm just going to do a little shopping on Friday and then uh, hopefully watch the Royals victory uh, that, that Saturday night. Um, I'm really going to pester. If I see Annie McCullough, I'm really, really going to pester him about the Royals TV deal. I don't know if he'll be there, but I'm going to get there early. I'm, but I'm going to pester him and Joel Goldberg because Joel Goldberg used to go down and do interviews with people for the way fans at games. So I'm going to see if I can pester him to to uh, to come visit us there. But yeah, it'll be good. Um Nobody else other as far as who's on the podcast here is going. Am I right there? Anybody? No, I'm not going. Not also, true fans. Yeah, not real fans. It's true. I'm not <laughs> going to Chicago from Texas. Oh, I was thinking out of like principle. I thought you were like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to Chicago. Texas. No, I went the last time I got kicked out. Oh, to Chicago. <laughs> I'm not legally allowed to be yeah. in Chicago. Legally not allowed to be in Chicago there. Minda, Chicago's not too far of a drive from you. It's at least closer than us, right? No, and it's like a seven-hour ride on the Amtrak California Zephyr. Yeah, if it doesn't crash like that one Amtrak, just <laughs> too soon, man. That's, that's what Pennsylvania, I'll be uh, Pennsylvania, different, different thing entirely. That's, that's what I'll be taking Friday afternoon. So I hope, they, <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a safe ride. Don't uh, don't get any any bad thoughts in my head. Matt, are you still with us? I I am indeed. There you go. Um, I'm out of stuff. I mean. Brandon, are you still here? I haven't heard from you yeah. in a while. Okay. I figured everybody's still here. Um, yeah. Matt, I have a – we promised to do a random question with every single one. Do you have a question you can think of just off the top of your head? Because I have one, but I don't want – I want to rely on you don't. You else. don't want to pick twice in a row? No. Um, all right. So uh, we'll keep this uh, pretty quick because um, we've been going for an hour. Um, what is a team that you dislike um, that's not, not a baseball team? 
obviously since we discussed the Royals, um, discussing who we don't like in baseball is is kind of uh, topical. So who is a team that you dislike and is not a baseball team? Mine's any team that LeBron James plays for, and <laughs> there's very little real reason behind that other than... Do you, do you need a refill on your haterade? I do. I like the cherry punch uh, flavor if you've got it there. But no, I think that's really it would be that, yeah. I hate baseball teams, but other than baseball, it would be LeBron James's team. I'll, I'll go with – and I know Sean is a Mizzou fan. I, I don't care for – I don't care for Mizzou at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I think they call us beakers. I'm a KU fan, but I don't – and I don't, I, don't, I don't really like the the way the rivalry kind of tears Kansas City apart. I hate when it spills over into like social, you know, cultural issues, but I don't care for the sports teams at all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't go to you know, to like it. The school I went to was in D two, so like I can pretty much be neutral on all that stuff because I went to school in Warrensburg, and so but I'm not going to like proclaim any deep dislike for like Northwest Missouri or anything. But I don't know. I'm just going to throw the obligatory local mention in for uh, I don't know. Uh, are the Raiders good enough to actually hate them, or do we just kind of pity them now? Yeah, it's empathy at this point. I, yeah, yeah I that's speak like for yourself. The thing with the Oakland days, like it's like you like think it's like that all that stuff happened. And it's like you look, it's like they're like fifteen games under five hundred. It's like okay, well, well, you guys, uh, I'm sure some of them probably dislike uh, various people who do all that stuff. It's like man. I don't know, I kind of want to stick to disliking good teams for now. I think the the football, the team that uh, Chiefs fans hate in football is, uh, is the Broncos now more than ever yeah, with, yeah. with Peyton Manning, um, which which is awkward for me. Um, I grew up and my, uh, not in Kansas City, I moved to Kansas City when I was nine, and my grandparents were from Denver. And so I grew up a Broncos fan, and then I moved here, and I eventually became a Chiefs fan. And people have straight up told me that I can't be a Chiefs and Broncos fan at the same time. Like, you can't do it. It's not Agree. That. It's and against state law, I believe. I, I, I'm a Chiefs fan first, and then a Broncos fan, and it's it's just really funny. I almost always root for the Chiefs, though, when they're playing each other. So. Binda, do I, you... oh, I hate the fucking Vikings. <laughs> For any I reason, want the, I want. I grew up in Minnesota, and I, I want every fucking Vikings fan to be miserable. I don't even give a shit yeah. about football anymore. But fuck the Vikings. Like, Have I they hope be- they're fucking terrible. Just not a Randy Moss fan or something. I, I didn't know if there's a reason. But- no, no, no. Minnesota Vikings fans. I okay. want them to be miserable. Okay. I want all of them to be miserable for. Like, basically the whole year. And it's working out pretty well so far. Yeah, they've been really bad. They? <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're going to definitely get a parental advisory <laughs> stamped on this. Minda, do you, have a, do you have an answer to this question there? Do you like, like, College of St. Mary or Clarkson College <laughs> or something out there? That, or? You know, the teams that, that mostly came to my mind as we had this lovely discussion um, were the Raiders and then uh, the Lakers. So Ooh, I guess it was a really. I'll join with the Laker hate. I hate them because yeah. you guys hate Kobe. I hate I've Kobe, hated... and also the color yellow. Not a fan. Hmm. I've hated them since the Magic Johnson years. the The '88 Finals. That's like the first time I ever cried after a sporting event. 
You cried for the Pistons? Yeah, I, I was a big <laughs> Pistons fan. And they, Pistons, they were all chicks. They were, no, hey, man, they were the gritty underdogs, and the Lakers were like all the glitzy glamour. They got all their friends from Hollywood to come root for the team. Do we all need to cry for Max? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right now? Hey, they're our jerks. Yeah, don't cry for me to. Hey, they just like they like just just like the Royals this year, man. It's like everyone everyone was out to get them. We had to defend. We had to defend ourselves. No one was out to get Lambeer. (laughs) (laughs) How many votes does it take to kick Max off of Royals Review? Do we have uh... more than we have? Yeah, I'm just just so glad that your first sports based tears were for the Pistons. Max is broken. Do you have a Pistons jersey? I was going to say, wasn't Rodman on that team? Oh yeah, yeah, Rodman, Rodman, Sally, the other guys are much bigger jerks than him. Oh my god. (laughs) Rodman was a clean cut was a clean cut like good guy on that team. Right, yeah, yeah. Eccentric. Yeah, Rodman was on the bench for the only NBA game I've ever been to, which was Spurs Lakers in San Antonio like like twenty years ago. And this was this was like blossoming into like a uh, dyed hair Rodman kind of like that. So yeah. Oh when he was number ninety one in San Antonio? I could by somewhere around that. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't actually like play on that night anyway. So it was like in the Alamo Dome, which is like, I think, a ter- if I recall correctly, it was a very tiny court because it was a football stadium that they put their, put their basketball team in for like six years. So yeah, the only, the only passionate NBA thing I can really say is uh, I really grew the dislike of those teams that insisted on like uh take fouling, uh, the uh, DeAndre Jordans of the world because it's like not that it's like a annoying and tedious which it is also because it didn't seem to actually ever work for them <laughs> it was like you're doing this like real annoying thing and you're not really getting a lot out of it it's like if you ins- it's like the Robin Ventura intentional walk kind of stuff so, you know we're gonna put you on and then the next guy is going to knock you- knock everyone in kind of stuff it's like you know Aside from that, NBA, NHL, yeah, I'm purely neutral for all that stuff, you know? Speaking of late 80s Pistons, today is uh, Joe Dumars' birthday. Uh, just so, <laughs> Hall Happy of Famer. Birthday, Joe Dumars. Yeah, yeah, Hall, yeah Hall we've been celebrating it all day here. Joe so. Dumars, I'm sure. <laughs> Max, you don't have a Dumars jersey, do you? No, I don't, but I, I did have one of those championship t-shirts back in the day. <laughs> And, and final question before does anybody have what's everybody's go to this could be my off topic one what's everybody's go to Royals gear when they go to the game I mean do we have jerseys is, is there a, uh, um, a, 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 a whatever hat? yeah a hat god dang it that's, that's um, what it's called they no I was thinking of I was trying to think of the uh, Japanese pitcher we had that was a reliever all the Yabuda 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 um What's everybody's go-to gear? I have a shirt, a couple of shirts from T-Shirt Tuesdays, and I, I really like those because, you know, only the 10,000 or however many fans who are there at that specific game have those shirts. So I usually go with one of those. I have those two T-shirts I, we were selling on our site last fall. I, I wear them usually, the Super Kane, Lorenzo Kane one, and the one of Dice and Dancing. Just, I don't know, they're, they're pretty neat. You're wearing the Kane one in game two, right? Uh, I think so. I wore I wore him to the world. I wore him to the World Series. I know that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Depending on the company I'm going with, uh, if if I'm with people who have been Royals fans all along and would understand, uh, I will bust out my hallowed Brian Bannister jersey. Good. Oh yeah, powder <laughs> blue, two thousand eight, um, and the nice kind with like the individually stitched letters, not any you know garbage nameplate. But uh, otherwise, it's like a Sal Perez shirt or generic, you know, just Royals shirt. Yeah, I always like but, picking out who's the most obscure jersey or jersey well player that's out, you know, at the game when I go to a game. Well, if I if I, I really, Kyle would be out there. I, I've seen one too. If I really like, feel like dressing up, I I will throw on my replica Ryan Buckvich jersey. Nice. Ooh. I actually, Did you get that at Fan Fest? Uh yeah, it would have been. A Did you get that from Ryan Buckfitch? Yeah, <laughs> he bought it from his parents. Somebody yeah, would have been. I think it was fan was fest so did I during like, I don't know. the two thousand three two thousand four season. It was one of the two. I forget which. Wow. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I do. I almost wins. never. I almost never wear any any gear to a game. Except yeah. I did at the World Series. I well, felt like I had to, and so I wore my. I have a Bo Jackson, Cooperstown collection jersey thing that I wore, but that's a that's a rarity. But you got it when the occasion was right, and really, the first World Series in twenty nine years is, yeah, is the yeah, occasion I felt like it was for okay. gearing The only up. one I have any memory of. Well, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I have the, the Buckvich jersey. My friend actually has a Juan Gonzalez jersey. That's great. He bought it. He bought it. He bought it opening day. Of, um, that's the only day they sold it. Would have been right? about 04. <laughs> oh, 04? Yeah. Yeah, like back in like back in two thousand four. Like I had a choice of a of a jersey shirt between. The, Juan Gonzalez and Carlos Beltran, and I figured, well, Juan Gonzalez was going to be on the team for longer. He wasn't, <laughs> really. <laughs> Somehow, hey, the guy we traded. One plate appearance. Minda, do you have one of those? Do you have one of the Omaha pig when they had the pig thing? Um, Omaha Hawks. Omaha Hawks. Yeah. Omaha Hawks. Yes. Do, do you have an Omaha jersey or anything like that? Did you get? Yeah, I, I didn't walk home with any gear from that night. All I have are my photos and my precious, precious memories of Will Myers in the Omaha gear. Oh man, <laughs> what's, what's the Omaha? I, I totally missed that. Um, when they were renamed the Storm Chasers, it came from a list of eight other potential uh, names. One of which was Omaha, which has some historical connotation locally. Um, because it's a cow town? Yes. <laughs> pig town. It is. Yes. Or pig town. Um, pig town, sorry. But, uh, yeah, so every now and again they'll bust out. They'll have, like, a what-if night and uh, with one of the losing names. Omahogs were the were fantastic pig-themed jerseys in You know what the alternate name for the Royals was that didn't win out? It was the Kansas City Hearts, which oh. is not really all that intimidating. That is Wait, now... Without uh, the E, like H-A-R-T? Like no, it's, no it's, not, it's not, it, was, it wasn't Heart to Heart, it was the Kansas City... Uh, like Bret Hart? No, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Bret Hart going to be the... Like, there's now a lingerie football team. The Omaha lingerie football team is the heart. Nice. If we went to net, would we be able to find photos of the Omahonks there? Uh, yeah, I mean, you could get to, you get to my Flickr page from there and then actually just search for the tag Omaha. Nice. Or like, so, a, like an article called, like, Pictures from Omaha Division Title Celebration. Do you think maybe that article would have... 
Omaha stuff on there? I suppose that was the same night okay. in that year. I'm, yep. I'm looking at it right now. So I, uh, that's just, I, yeah. They poured milk. I think that's a – hey, there's actually a picture of you on there. Great. Um, okay. So side note, I, yes. I, I Googled Mendelhaas just so I could see the exact uh, uh, thing, Mendelhaas.net. And on the images for Mendelhaas, a, a thing popped up and you and David DeJesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she said, yeah. Like, Sure. Just David Hayes was in his car. In his SUV. Smiling outside yeah. of it. It's well, when you say it like that. No, it I mean, like, it's, just, it's just really amusing because, like, the rest of it is, like, your pictures and stuff. And then it's just, like, you and David DeJesus. And I he's in a truck. I can't tell you how much I'm blushing right now for the actions of 14-year-old me. Or 16, hey. both. It's David so DeJesus. that wasn't a rehab assignment that was on the way up? That no, that was in Kansas City. I went okay. on a family trip, and I have a younger brother with whom I was waiting for autographs. And when in Rome, you know, you you stand for a picture outside of David DeJesus's car. That's how the saying goes, right? Hey, when yes. in Rome, yeah. Minda, on your thing, I'm going to send you this photo. Who is this dude in the tightest, most buffest blue thing that I've ever seen in my life, the shirt he's wearing. I just sent you a, your message uh, of it there. Brett Eidner, hopefully. Is that, I think it is Eidner. It might be, like super muscly arms. Oh, God, he's, he's looking good. I'll tell you that much. Is there no, <laughs> is there no face on it? No, he Can you face. send this picture to me also? Yes. Uh, John, do you want to do some ad massages? I think uh, that's yeah, fun. well, I can see I it. Actually, just tweet it so everyone listening can find out what you're I will do it right now. But anyways, yeah. I just... Can I... Minda, if you go, I, it, this should be, I think it is Brett Eidner. Anyways, just what you would imagine, just 30, 40 reps of squats a day he does. You're, just your kind of normal buff guy, but he does, looks good. I'm not surprised why you want to rub his abs for him. I don't want. I want to rub his abs. Oh, and yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's digging. It's everybody but me. And you never met Jason uh, Bouchois down there in Omaha, did you? Oh, I did. Bouchois. Yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. I've been just, there a long time. Thinking of random. Omaha people. Oh, yeah. Craig so Brazel. Ryan Friel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Too soon. Maybe from the past. Too Crub? soon. That was Crub. Was Crub any fun? What? Oh, Clint yeah. Uh, he uh, he hated everybody and everything and um, was not pleasant. Wait, who? I, Clint, Clint Robinson. Robinson. Oh, Crub. yeah. Okay. yeah. What, about, what about uh, Keela? Keela was a very sullen man. Uh, did, actually, did you guys I see he was why. just released today? <laughs> he got released today, right? Yeah. Like, he, like, he, he gets on base at a 4.30 clip, and he can't get a goddamn break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, even like when he went to Japan, they found another dude who was like a 4A guy. They started him over Keela. Nice. No, it was oh, yeah. I bet it was Brazil or something. Like, uh, what? Brazil. Yeah. He must be part of George yeah. uh, Cutteress's weird cult that gets you. <laughs> Minda, no, people not to like you. Has uh, Minda has Anthony Saratelli returned yet? From he's in he plays for the Mets now. Their league. Have you seen him? He came back uh, with Las Vegas last yeah. year. Yeah, okay. for for a time that was very nice. <clears throat> very nice man. Okay, well, on Anthony Saratelli's Saratelli's note, uh, I think that's going to conclude. Matt, can we conclude this? Yeah, yes. I I think we can. Okay, he concurs. All right, everybody. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, Josh, Minda, Brandon, Max, Matt. Uh, yeah, Other Josh, Josh. Thank you for coming, oh, uh, having us on Skype and being our guest here. Uh, 
tomorrow's going to be uh, not so slow day. You're going to be everybody's going to be listening to this tomorrow, and we have a couple other posts later in the afternoon after you listen to this. But uh, things will return to normal on Tuesday. Uh, anybody want to s- final salvo? Anything else to say? Uh, just uh, say your your Twitter uh, names. Oh yes! Oh my goodness! I almost forgot. Yeah, um, that's, that, that's why we're co-hosting. Yes, man. good I, lord! I, you are the. I'm your best host here. Um, let's see, Max Reaper. Max, what is your your Twitter? I just changed it. It's now Max Reaper. Dot, or it's Max Reaper at M A X R I E P E R. Excellent, um, Minda. Where can we find you on the Twitter sphere? I am at Minda thirty three. Okay, um, and Josh Dugan. I am at. Old Man Dugan, D-U-G-G-A-N. Okay, and uh, Mr. Ward, the Bachelor of Film and Media. Oh, that's me. I am at, it's changed, I am at J underscore K underscore W-A-R-D. And finally, maybe the most popular guy on Twitter, uh, Brandon (laughs) Henderson. Uh Not that anybody needs to know what your Twitter is, if they're likely already following you, but what is it in case they're... (laughs) So, B-H... In depth, I N D E P Mo, what uh, all one word? It's that's why it's, that's every time it gets mentioned, it doesn't actually ever spike the follower count if it gets mentioned on the radio because no one knows how to spell it right. from sound alone. But yeah, B H I N, the first five letters of Independence, right. and, then, and M-O. then Mo. Right. Okay. It was a lot less easier to comprehend before I added capital letters to it. <laughs> It used to be all lowercase, and it was it was a lot. It was a fun. T- it was a twenty twenty ten was just a fun time to be alive for yeah. various reasons, <laughs> especially for especially because all of our Royals coverage was like covering their double A team. <laughs> okay, well, good. All right, everybody. Can I yeah, ask Minda one question? Yes. Oh no. Yes. Is it all- Minda? This is Dugan. Hello. How do you feel about the Storm Chasers name? Oh, yes. Good question. Oh, man. Uh, I hated it a lot because it wasn't Royals, but it's just sort of grown on me now. It's it's almost like by this point, five years in, I don't even really think about it that much. I don't stop to think like Storm Chaser. Other than it very much confuses um, Twitter bots because I tweet about Storm Chaser baseball and then get auto-followed by like like weather Storm chasers, like who? who and Helen storms? Hunt fans. Nice, Bill Paxton fans. Mm. Helen Hunt, uh, young uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman fans. Right, and uh, Carrie. Hey, Minda, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Minda, do you want to explain why they changed the name? Because I thought I didn't know this, and I thought you had a really good explanation. Yes. Of okay. Um, so when back when they were the Omaha Royals, anything they sold in their merch shop that had. Uh, Royals on it, uh, a cut had to go to the big club. Um, so it was really hard to, you know, turn a profit. Um, and so when they were in a position where they had to move stadiums, it made sense to think about uh, a way to make it a more feasible long term business option. Um, and also, they don't sign 20 year long player development agreements anymore. I mean, they're, they're pretty yes, much year to year right? or two years at a time. Yeah. So, so when they moved stadiums, it was a logical point to be like, okay, it's time to forge our own identity to protect us from having us in these royalties, haha, royalties on the name, on the merchandise. And just in case the club divorces itself and, and they have to find a new suitor, they'd have to rebrand anyway. And, well, 
the the strength is pretty strong, right? I mean, um, the relationship between the Omaha Royals or Storm Chasers and Kansas City is a pretty strong one, right? I mean, it's, it, it there's is. not a fear for They've them. They've been the AAA team for like over 20 since, years, right? right? Since the start, since, the start, since 1969. Yeah. Matt, you were going to say something, it sounds like? Uh, I, I actually had a follow up question. What the hell is that mascot? You guys said that about a lot of mascots. The gray one? The green one. The green one. Uh, You know, he was, this will not surprise anybody, uh, designed by the same firm that did the Philly Phonetic. Oh, shocking. (laughs) So ideas are apparently not abundant in what a mascot should look like if it's not a specific animal. And I probably shouldn't have said that. So do people people just approach it in green houses? No, you know, that hasn't really happened yet, but I hope it becomes a thing now. Oh, they should. Thanks to this podcast. I think I could get behind it, except for the weather vane on his hat. Which comes and goes. Some versions of the suits have it, and some don't, of the live mascot version, so. Right. Is Al Nipper as intimidating as he looks? No. No. Uh, I thought he would be. I was told that if, you know, because I'm not, like, a grizzled baseball man, that he might not ever give me the time of day. Um, but he he's super nice to me anyway. Nice. So. And, and finally, can you, next interview you do or next photo, can you have John Lamb do a breakdown of every tat, the meaning behind every tattoo he has on his arms there? Because he's got I've, a lot. He does have a lot, and he used to go get them uh, in his lower minor league days. He didn't care how it fit in with his pitching schedule, so he'd get a new tattoo and then pitch the next day. That is All, Like great. on his pitching arm. Man, he's getting called up. Uh, as soon as as soon as Dayton hears his podcast, he's up. He's starting game game one on Tuesday or tomorrow. There, I'll tell you that much. Because that is grit. Oh yeah. Definition of okay. All right, that's it. Let's cut this off. Anybody final things to say? Yep. Uh, Sean is at uh, Sean Core, and I am at uh, oh, Mar yes. underscore Matt, and that's it. And Sean Core is spelled irregularly: S H A U N Core. Yes. I'm going to change it, though. Everybody else has changed their Twitter name, so I have to change mine, I guess, here, too. So It's the cool thing to do. Yes. I'm, I'm sticking be, with my old man. It will now be Brett Eibner's abs at Twitter.com. <laughs> so, and mine's going to be Brett Eibner's abs. Brett Eibner's abs masseuse. Masseur. com. Yes. Okay, or, this is rapidly going off the deep end. Okay. So, thank thanks, you. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.